Welcome to the Second in Command podcast, produced by the COO Alliance and brought to you by its founder, Cameron Harold. In the Second in Command podcast, we talk to top COOs who share the insights, strategies, and tactics that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. Daniel Flores is the Chief Financial Officer and Chief Operating Officer of Billy Jean is Marketing. Daniel has led the digital marketing specialist through multiple milestones. In 2018, he grew the company to $8 million in sales, up from $3 million in 2016. He also revamped its internal financial metric system. The same year, he oversaw the building of a new studio for Billy Jean is Marketing brand. And that isn't all. Despite having a full workload, Flores led the company-sponsored book club initiative within the firm to foster a culture of learning. He has an open-door policy and makes it a priority to continually check in with employees to ensure contentment and, as a result, productivity. Daniel was also one of the key members of the COO Alliance. So, Daniel, welcome to the Second Command podcast. Thank you for having me, Cameron. Appreciate it. Really looking forward to this. You guys have got an amazing business. I've been lucky enough to visit you once when we were doing some coaching together. And then once just, I guess I was in town and I got to drop in and see the studio. So yeah, what was the, uh, just tell us a little bit about, first off about Billie Jean's marketing and then what was the idea for building such an amazing studio as well? Yeah. So, um, Billie Jean's marketing. So we, um, we teach entrepreneurs, business owners, um, you know, how to get more customers online through, paid ads. So through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, we have a couple different avenues of that, a couple different platforms. So we've got, you know, our school of genius and our genius advantage, um, different ticket on pricing. Um, but really about building the community, um, and, uh, getting our, you know, changing the education system, so to speak. Um, what was the whole drive behind the, the live audience and the live and the big build out? Um, it was, it was Billy, honestly, one day, and me and him, uh, we went to went to church. We went to Church of the Rock, and he uh, he got exposed to this, um, you know, how the the Rock down here in San Diego it's very grandiose. Um, you know, they have the live bands. They have, you know, it's you know a lot of people in there. They're crying. They're laughing. They're hugging. Like. And he, he literally had the thought, well, why can't we do this type of experience within business? Um, and so next thing you know, we had a meeting probably the next week and he laid out this whole game plan, how he wanted to build out this whole studio. And uh, we took it from there. And so that's like our thought process on it. So we've got, you know, the the custom designer. I mean, you, you, you saw it when you were here, but it was this custom design seats with, you know, 25 people can come visit. We broadcast it to our audience over, you know, a webinar, but then we also are doing it, you know, in house. And we do that not every single Tuesday. Um, cause, but we do it probably, we shoot for like once a month where we bring in, um, you know, a live audience, a live component. We just feel that, you know, having people in house, um, you know, a lot of people learn differently, right? I could learn and I could receive the, the information online the same as somebody who could, who, who could learn it, you know, a different way being in house. Right. So, it's kind of like the, the thought process on it. And some of these people that you're inviting in are paid paid seats as well, and some are, are free seats, right? Correct. Yeah. So we we focused on 
you know, sometimes we'll do live events where it's, um, you know, a, a behind the scenes, pull the curtain back on Billie Jean is marketing's business. Um, and those, that would be like a paid event. That'd be like an example of it. Other times we'll, um, have, you know, just open it up to all of our community and we'll have, you know, we'll fill it up with 30 people, 30 entrepreneurs, business owners, whatever marketers, um, within the audience. And they'll, you know, be there, um, to learn the, the session that day. Okay. Now you guys have gone through some pretty rapid growth. When did you get involved in, in Billy Jean's marketing? Yeah, we've, uh, we've grown every single year. It's been crazy. Um, so I started when we were about 3.6 million and we've gone ups and downs in employee count. So when I started, we've had, we started out with, I think about 18 employees we went all the way up to, I think the highest was like 29, 28 employees. Um, and right now we're at 22 in-house with uh, three virtual, so like VAs. Um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. And we're in the process of building a little bit more, um, especially on our leadership side. Yeah, I think you're at the you're at the cusp now where you're actually going to build up the leadership management team and that'll take you to the next level. Exactly. So Billy is a classic entrepreneur, very kind of vision, big ideas, um, you know, starts now, plans later. Um, you know, he's also a very dominant, you know, personality, right? I think I'm a ninety-eight D. He's got to be a ninety-nine or a hundred D on this. <laughs> yeah. Um and and he's got that huge larger than life personality. And your job is to play the CEO to that. So to play cleanup, to help organize it, to help coordinate it, to help make him iconic, to, you know, free him up. How do you deal with the personality? How do you deal with um, that kind of a role difference? How do you guys work together? Cause you work amazingly well. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, a lot of people know it just from, from working with me, but I've known Billy since we were kids. So known him since we, I was five years old, he was four years old. So we've gone to school since you know, kindergarten all the way through graduate school. Um, and, uh, I've, I've got to see him progress, not only like in business, but just as a human being. And so we have that great friendship already. Um, and then, you know, flipping it to when you're working together, it's definitely a, um, a different relationship. Just, you know, Billy is the owner, he's the CEO and he's, you know, like you said it, he is very, flip of a dime comes up with a new idea and we, we have to act on it. So for me, it's, it's a lot of just having the communication, me and him check in with each other, you know, all the time. Um, we use a communication tool called WhatsApp. And so that's how all of the team communicates, but me and Billy are chiming back and forth, whether it's ideas, whether it's just, Hey, we should do this, do that. Um, so really having like good communication has been key, especially with like, you know, being friends outside of the office and then having the working relationship as well. So what, what systems do you have in place to help facilitate that then? Um, systems as far as like, uh, you know, communication with each other or yeah, with each other. Yeah. So what, what process we've done, um, as far as like communication, as far as like a pulse on the company is, uh, specifically, uh, we do this daily executive report um, every single day. And so that's where we have individual team leads will, you know, provide me numbers um, or, 
you know, certain metrics that we're looking at to see, you know, how are we doing in customer service to where, how we're doing in sales to how we're doing in marketing. And so they provide me all that data and I review it and compile it. And then me and Billy, I shoot it over to Billy. We kind of discuss about it or um, we'll talk about it the next day. If it's end of day, whatever the case might be. So that's like our main way of continually seeing the pulse of the organization. And then what's your management team look like? How have you got that structured? And, and you're one of the rare, um, I shouldn't say rare, but I'd say maybe 25 or 30% of COOs have finance report to them. And, you know, maybe, maybe 50% do, maybe 50% don't, but you're also a finance, you have a finance background as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, my whole background originally before pre Billie Jean's marketing was finance, operational accounting. Um, I'm a CPA. So I went that whole route post, uh, post schooling, um, and then came into this new role. So the, the operation side and overseeing like a sales department or overseeing like our customer service department, that was all new to me. Um, you know, the biggest team I had managed pre-building marketing was about four people. And now I jumped into, you know, managing 20 plus employees. So it was a different skill set to, to have to learn, which meant one of the main reasons why we did coaching with you for over a year, right? So um, a lot of a lot of learning going on within the organization. Um, but specifically around how our team is organized, you know, we have, we've got a, a CMO, we have a we have a bunch of leads within the rest of the organization. Um, and now, like I was touching on earlier, we're really working on building out that next generation of, of the team, which is, you know, our true management team to help us. And right. one of the biggest things we're looking at is, you know, been there before um, to take us to that next level. What do you think the key roles are going to be that you're going to start, start hiring to build out the management team? So we just placed one, which is a customer service manager, um, someone who uh, she came from an organization where she was managing 17 um, individuals on a customer service floor. And we have a lot smaller of an organization on the customer service side, and it's only seven people. So someone who has that skill set will need a strong sales manager. and so a couple other key employees on our marketing side um, to really take us to that next level. And you guys have been pretty um, focused on a couple of core kind of products and services, but then every once in a while you kind of go off and splinter and do something random to bring in cash. Can you give us an example of something that you've done that's worked really well? Yeah. So one of the, so we have like our, our touch on our main main product. So that's the School of Genius and the Genius Advantage. One of the big ones this year um, that we hadn't done in the past, and it just spurred up from a marketing meeting with our team. They um, we have all these these legacy courses. Um, so over the years, Billy has filmed a, a lot of content, a lot of courses out there on marketing, sales, um, you name it. We had it. Uh, and what we decided in, in the past, we've sold those for thousands of dollars and individual products and Billy and the team in one of our marketing meetings decided, Hey, let's take one of these, let's take all of these courses and create this, so to speak, legacy bundle. And within a span of one week, we did a million bucks in sales in one, 
one day we did, you know, over $350,000 in sales. Right. So that was selling, like selling stuff those, that you'd already created years ago that was just sitting on the shelf effectively. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So had it on the shelf and you know, we weren't doing anything with it. We we're like, fuck it. Let's, let's combine it all together and let's push it. And we, we still push that. We, we still use that as, as an offer um, that's continually churning and bringing in cash. My girlfriend bought it by the way. Um, <laughs> Karen, what, all you had to do is just shoot me a quick note. You didn't have to buy it. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so the first time I ever saw that done was years ago. A friend of mine from the from San Diego area, actually from Orange County, I think, uh, a guy named Jack Daly, did. He took all of his old stuff, his books, his cassette tapes, his DVDs, whatever. He, and he called it Jack in a Box. And it was like everything that Jack had ever <laughs> produced, <laughs> Jack in a Box, and it, like the special price of. Yeah. Um, and people bought it all. It was just like the more the merrier. And I, then I wrote about it in Double Double. 10 years ago, I said that a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. And the idea was that if you just take all the other stuff and sometimes rebrand it or repackage it or combine it, people, it, it, it gives you something else to talk about too. But 100%. so what do you, what have you guys decided or what have you learned from, um, what kind of big mistakes have you guys learned from over the years? Um, oof. I would say planning is huge. Um, and communication is, uh, is huge. Um, so when I first came on board, I mean, I touched on it like with the whole WhatsApp thing, but when I first came on board, we didn't have any of those tools in place. We didn't have, you know, we didn't use Slack. We didn't use Asana. We weren't using, um, any sort of really like real time communication with the team. Um, to make sure that, you know, we're getting things done and staying on task. Mm. And so I don't know wh how it even came about, but it was one of those times where I was like, Hey, like, you know, we're communicating via email, things are getting missed. Um, and it's like, Hey, I have to pick up the phone and, you know, I need to go talk to John or Sally. And so that was like a major, major, major breakthrough for us on the communication front. Um, and then the planning stuff. So one of the big things was like meeting rhythms. Uh, we didn't really have that. It was like non-existent, um, up until probably about, I'd say a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago. Um, and so we've really started implementing that. We're not the best in the world at, you know, the meeting rhythms, but we have them in place. Um, and our team is, um, is doing them um, and taking notes and, you know, you know, learning from them. So that's been like one of the huge things for us. Okay, cool. How about in terms of, of yourself and your own growth? Where have you had to grow the most over the years? Um, I would say biggest part, like I was touching on a little bit before was, you know, management of teams. Uh, a lot of the operations stuff you know, accounting and finance that, that, that came easy to me. Uh, and I had a lot of practice of that before Billy James marketing. So that wasn't like a huge concern, but the, the management of multiple teams, um, multiple, uh, communication styles, you know, we did like a disc assessment not too long ago, probably about four months ago, five months ago now. Um, and really learning how to communicate, how people are receptive to certain types of communication. You know, if I'm a D and somebody's a, uh, IS, 
they communicate drastically different than somebody who is a, you know, an ID or a ICS or something, right? Do you know, so, do you know what your style is and what Billy's style is and how you differ and, and what have you guys done to work on that? Or any Yeah, we work? actually implemented this not too long ago. Well, when we did it, we had everybody um, on, because what we use is WhatsApp, right? So we had everybody change within their phones um, what everybody's uh, communication style was next to their name. So if I ping Billy, his communication style will pop up. And I think he is probably tell you in two seconds, but he is an ISD slash ID. Um, and I think I was DSDI. Um, so I had a little bit of more of the dominant side and Billy had a lot of the creativity side, but also dominant as well. Um, so really um, for us from a communication perspective is someone who is super creative, um, they like shutting down that creativity is never going to work, right? right? You're, you're going to have to accept the creativity and accept that from a communication standpoint as well. We talked about this recently at one of our COO Alliance events that when the CEO comes to you with an idea, the COO tends to have a lot of questions to figure out the idea, right? We've, and so yeah. what ends up happening is we say, well, what about this? And what do you think about that? And how are we going to do this? And the CEO often can feel like we're debating them when all we're doing is trying to understand the who, what, when, where, why, and how of this idea, mm -hmm. whether it's good or not, we're just trying to catch up to them. So what I've, what I've started to try to get people to do is to say, I love that idea. Can I ask you a few more questions so I can catch up to you? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, let me give you all of it. And you're like, great. <laughs> and so you can ask questions away and they just, and it's just that simple phrasing, right? I'm not debating you. I love that idea. Tell me more, right? Let me ask yeah, you questions so I, so I get it more. And then they're, then they're really engaged in giving it to you. That's interesting. So, um, Okay, so in, the, in your role of this, the split CFO, COO, does one pre take precedence over the other? How do you manage your time between both roles? And, and um, how do you split that focus? Because both are really critical. Um, I honestly, it, it's a lot of just time management on my side. Um, so making sure I'm paying attention to the budget and the numbers just as much as I'm paying attention to operations and how are we doing with customer service and customer facing, you know, issues. I just, I have to split my time a lot and it keeps me busy. Um, but our, from a finance perspective and, you know, the, the CFO side, um, I'm, we're lucky enough as an organization where nothing is overly complex, right? Like we don't have this, you know, 20 deep equity table where we have, you know, a hundred VC funding and all this other type of stuff, right? We're, we're fortunate enough where it's one founder and one owner and we haven't had to have any VC funding. Um, so we've been able to do it all from that perspective. And so it doesn't make that side overly complex. It just have to manage it, um, you know, timely. Okay. So if you were to go back into um, when you were just getting involved in Billie Jean's marketing, what was it that attracted you to the company with your background coming in pretty different industry than I imagine you would have thought you were getting yourself into? What attracted you to the business and what attracted Billy to you? Yeah. Um, what attracted me to the business, I think the most was kind of the impact um, that they were doing um, or that we're doing now. Uh, it, we have customers 
in over 75 countries. And it's amazing to see how we're changing people's lives just from our testimonials. Uh, people have gone through our programs and really seen an impact, you know, financially for them where any, all you would need is a laptop, a phone, um, and connection to the internet. Uh, and so that was really big for me jumping into this was seeing like that from an impact perspective and seeing mm -hmm. how much he was changing a lot of people's lives off the, off the jump. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot, definitely a lot different. I'd never saw myself, you know, working for a marketing company pre Billy James marketing. I was, uh, doing a lot of consulting work for biotechnology companies, um, life science companies. So drastically different. Uh, but I saw the vision and, uh, the culture here was, you know, awesome. A lot of young professionals that are you know, driven to, to get things done. And so that's what has kept me here. Have there been um, any hiccups along the way with dealing with clients in all those countries? You know, you mentioned 75 countries. Has that proven difficult at all? Um, I mean, communication from timeliness, which is one of the main reasons why we have VAs now. Um, so a customer in Australia is on a different time zone, a customer in you know, the Middle East is in a different time zone. So making sure that we have someone around, especially on weekends and all that type of jazz where our, our main core uh, company is in the office, we have somebody at least addressing those concerns. Makes sense. What about the growth? How did you guys make the growth happen? I mean, pretty rapid growth in the last few years. What do you think were some of the key factors in the growth? Um, I would say, uh, you know, are always being receptive to the the changing environment uh, within the digital world. Uh, our products are, whether it's you know Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Next year, maybe it's I don't know Moodle. I don't you know whatever whatever the the digital platform is. We're constantly learning and staying ahead of the curve so that we can teach our our customers the newest and the latest and the best ways to do it. And also always being a student in the game. So none of us um, are gonna sit here and say we're the smartest people in the room. Uh, I think it's honestly advantageous for you to be the dumbest person in the room so that you can learn from somebody who's been there and done that before. Um, and so that's been one of the biggest helpers for us is you know continually learning and improving so that we can grow. You're kind of taking a bit of the long game as well by not being the expert in a certain niche, just recognizing that, that like it's, you don't want to be the expert in my space. Right? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So is that by, is that a cognizant decision? Cause I think when you early started out, did you start with Facebook or LinkedIn or, or sorry, Facebook or um, YouTube? Yeah. So the, the, that's like what's helped us over the years. Our, our original originally started out um, heavy in Facebook. And then one, one day we, you know, tested out YouTube and what we were getting for a cost per lead on Facebook versus what we we're getting on YouTube was, you know, a 10 to one difference. It was insane. So from a cost perspective, it was drastically cheaper to go the video route. And so then what we, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that's differentiated Billy James marketing is just our video content and mm. 
Billy being willing and able to get behind video and push that as hard as possible. So is that an area that he's figured out or do you have the DNA internally to go figure that stuff out or do you hire for that? We, we have a full team, a full media team. Um, so we have six people on staff that are fully dedicated to creating and pushing content. Um, Billy's definitely the face of the organization from that perspective, but we have the means and the, the will to do it outside of just needing Billy's face on camera. We've got, you know, thousands of videos that we can repurpose and compile into micro content. And our video team is super, super talented at doing so. If we were to, if we were to, to link a couple, because I love your, your video creative and um, I'm not going to tell you which one I think is the best, but <laughs> what, are your, what are your top two favorite all-time crazy videos that you guys have produced that we can link for people in the, in the notes? Um, two all-time. I mean, I would say the two for me uh, is the Wolf of Wall Street video. Um, yeah. That was, I wasn't there. I like to be actually film it with a team, but um, that's one of my favorites. Uh, and then my second favorite is probably uh, the James Bond video. Okay. Uh, that was another great one. So we've got the James Bond and then we've got the Wolf of Advertising. We'll go for both those. Yeah, the Wolf of Advertising is the one. That was how I first found out about you guys. I'm like, this is Yeah, insane. I remember you it played that. Guy. Yeah, the first CEO Alliance event I came to. Uh, I think we were talking about marketing and you, you pulled it up and like played it for the, for everybody that was there. It was yeah, it was ridiculous. It was amazing. Uh, we miss you. We should get you back. It's been a good, um, we've got another, probably our, our biggest last two months of new members. Been oh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there. When's the next event? I think it's in like February, February or something like that. Yeah. Will you be at the February one? I'll be there. Oh, good. Um, okay. We've got, some of the, um, if you were to, to think about starting out in the COO role, if you're a new COO coming into a business, um, what do you think is going to make you successful coming in? What, what advice would you give them? Um, process, uh, being one of the biggest things, being very detailed on process and having strong individuals within your direct reports from a, from a next tier, from a leadership perspective. Um, so being able to rely on somebody below you, uh, that will, you know, drive the, drive the needle and move the needle. Um, you know, and having those, that communication continually, uh, has been, well, is huge within the COO role in my opinion. How about, how about yourself in the, um, in some of your learning over the years, I guess you were at a bunch of the CO Alliance events over the last couple of years. What do you think your big takeaways have been from that? Um, it's been, I mean, there's a lot, I feel like I take away so many different notes from each event, but strategy on, um, the, one of the big things for us, it, it, we've talked about it right before we jumped on here, but tax strategy and planning. Um, from a business perspective is huge uh, that I've taken away from the Alliance events, communication um, and process improvement. So your process, whether that's Asana, um, you know, WhatsApp for us, Slack, uh, whatever the case might be. Um, and, and learning, continually learning. So 
uh, you know, our team, we do, we put out there for them to go to a quarterly event, whether that's something like the CO Alliance, whether that's a, um, you know, a small little mastermind within San Diego or outside of San Diego, uh, where they can be surrounded by their peers and, and learn. Uh, you know, whether it's a sales boot camp, whatever the case might be, but always, always learning. Yeah. It's something that I've noticed is that the more we grow our people, the more they grow our company. Right. And it's 100%. one of the things that is, you know, Gen Y really wants that more than ever is that skill development, that, that people who care in their development and they're always kind of hungry for that growth, which is really interesting at the first cohort that's really been proactively giving about their, their own learning and growth. So the more we kind of focus on that as a, as a team, um, the better. Yeah. What about the, um, if you were to, to give people advice on what you've learned from being in the marketing space for so long, what advice would you give us based on what you've seen, what you've learned, stuff to stay away from or stuff to dive into or how to approach it, anything? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me um, from a marketing perspective uh, is video is key. Um, if you're not on video or if you're not having content continually filming what you're doing from a organization perspective, uh, your company is going to die. the The content needs to be there, and it doesn't have to be something insane, right? You don't have to hire six videographers for your for organization. It can be as small as you know having somebody with a little handheld phone. It just as long as you're you're producing the content uh, to show the value and show what you're your company is doing uh, people want to see that and as much as everybody has the the stigma of my customer is not online my customer is not on YouTube they're not on Facebook they are <laughs> <laughs> think about anybody who is buying anything they're online regardless of what you think when they may not be online look shopping for your product or service, exactly. but they're online. And if you can somehow segment them or target them or just, you know, be marketing to them. Exactly. Any tactic or tool that you would just say, walk away, run away. Don't bother. Uh, tactic or tool is a walk away. Um, not, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, if you're, if you're advertising, and I wouldn't say there's something like right now that I, that comes to top of mind that I would say, Hey, do not do this no matter what. Um, but it, my biggest thing is, is always be, uh, be advertising in, Advertise versus don't advertise. That, that, that would be my biggest thing. Well, I think from a numbers perspective, something I saw you get really good at with, with Billy was you're always looking at the ROI of everything of the spend. And I think he does that innately as well, um, or, or that's one of his skills. But he really understands the ROI, the dollar in, the dollar out, what your CAC is versus lifetime value. Um, 100%. Is that something yeah. that you, are, are you training companies on that as well? Or is that just something you guys stay focused on? I mean, we stay focused on it for sure, but we also, within our, our, our programs, we have, you know, a, a slew of different sheets to that'll track how, you know, the, to see really your ROI on your, your, your campaign. Um, whether that's, you know, Hey, here's my, the simple formula of my ad spend versus my revenue versus my leads and how many at my conversion rate, et cetera. So, 
always having a pulse on that um, is huge for us specifically. Uh, our marketing team is constantly pulling stats and and checking the pulse of a campaign every single day. Um, and so, because that's what you know pumps blood into our organization. Honestly, uh, is our advertising. Well, I think you guys have to understand the numbers because you can go really deep into an ad spend. And if you don't get the mm-hmm. ROI, then you've got cash flow issues as well. Exactly. Um, God, I had, a, just, I had a question and I just dumped on it. Um, something on Billy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what it was. Is the School of Greatness the, uh, not School of Greatness, what's the School of Genius? Is that the, um, is the kind of starting point that people should get into first? School of Genius. Yeah. So we, um, the, the school of genius is our more advanced, like high ticket program. What the, the, the initial program that we have, um, is the genius advantage. And that is the actual membership. That's the platform. That's the templates. That's the, you know, copy and paste this, uh, into your, your ad, your campaign manager, et cetera. Right. So, the genius advantage, uh, I would say, is the starting point. And that's really that's really for any company. What what would be the ideal client size for you? What kind of? And I think it's it's get not only getting the entrepreneur involved, but really getting their director of marketing or marketing team to sign up for this, right? Like the company paying for them to be involved. Exactly. Yeah. We and we we specialize in you know local businesses, whether that's zero to their first you know five million bucks, um, and so. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, I'm just the, the marketing manager of uh, John's Bakery. Uh, if, if that is your role, this program and this product would definitely help you with that. And if somebody wants to come into the actual studio and, and watch one of the live's events, do they sign up for something? Do they sign up for, for um, Genius Advantage? Or do they sign up for an email list? Or how do they get on that list to be invited into the studio? Yeah, typically when on the invite from the studio perspective, that's a member of the Genius Advantage. Um, unless we're doing one-off like events, like I was talking about um, with you know the behind the genius or whatever the case might be. But so they kind yeah, of got to subscribe to your email yeah. list at least, right? Yes, a hundred percent. Okay, and and it is the website is what Billy Genius Marketing. BillyGeniusMarketing.com. So genius, right? The guy just walks around wearing the team t-shirts too. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. If we were to go back to to the 22-year-old Daniel, 21-year-old Daniel, just kind of starting out in his career post-college, what advice do you wish you'd known back then that now you know to be true? What do you wish you'd known at 21 or 22? What I wish I would have known. Um, I, would, I would say the biggest thing for me um, young Daniel, I would tell him, uh, to be, to be extremely focused on personal development. Um, I'm a, I'm a, you know, big in, into personal development. Right. Uh, and, and I've always been, you know, a student, um, throughout my career and I continually will, uh, always be learning. Um, but as a young uh, person, I would have said, Hey, stay more focused in that lane. Cause it's going to pay dividends, um, much later in life. That's awesome. I love it. Daniel Flores, the CFO and COO for Billy Gina's marketing. Thanks for being on the second command podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you for having me. That was great. We'll see you at the next CEO Alliance event too. All right, brother. Have a good one. Thanks, man. 
You've been listening to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance founder Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe. For more best practices from industry-leading COOs, visit COOalliance.com.